the very act of striving toward your goals, striving toward something you deeply want to make real in the world, the growth that you experience along the way, that's where the real magic of this thing called manifestation lies. Hey there. So when you hear the word manifesting, what exactly comes to mind? So people often have one of two reactions. It's either a mystical path to conjuring every dream, every fantasy, every possession, every relationship or accomplishment within the realm of imagination, a life of endless abundance at the snap of a finger or the wish of a heart, or it's a total scam, some new age mumbo jumbo fairy tale that's not just a total waste of time, but also an utter distraction from doing the things that it actually lead you to take the action toward your dreams that would make it real. And maybe it's even a potential source of victim blaming and shame. So where exactly does the truth lie? Who's right and who's wrong? Well, it turns out the answer lies somewhere in the middle, as often happens in life. And today we're taking a journey into the soul of manifesting and also potentially the science of manifesting. We're looking at the claims, the strategies, the psychology, the rules, the steps and disclaimers, the surprising history and sometimes conflicting and controversial science. And we land in a place that I think is going to surprise you, no matter which side of the argument you started on. And finally, I'm going to leave you with a practical, kind of modern day, science-backed approach to this thing called manifesting, or as the more grounded practical set are more likely to call it, getting what you want or making what you dream of happening actually happen. You are going to want to listen to this one, maybe even a few times, and maybe grab your favorite journal or a note-taking app and get ready to dive in. And last thing before we do dive in, today's episode, it's actually the first installment of our Good Life Summer Series. Every week this summer, I will be coming to you with either a solo deep dive or with a specially selected expert to explore one single topic that is central to our ability to live the life we want to live and feel the way we dream of feeling. Each one will be packed with eye-opening insights and tons of practical, actionable strategies and tips. You're not going to want to miss a single one of these very special Summer Series episodes. So take just two seconds right now and on whatever app you're using before we dive in so you don't forget and hit that little follow button. That way you won't be left behind as the Good Life Summer Series train leaves the station or miss out on a single potential life-changing nugget. This is going to be not only a lot of fun, but deeply inspiring and wall-to-wall value. Okay, now that you're following along, let's dive into today's first Good Life Summer Series episode on the truth, the science, and the practice of manifesting. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Good Life Project. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good Life Project is brought to you by Understood Explains, a podcast that's like a beacon for parents navigating the special education system. Hosted by Juliana Urtube, a special education expert, this season is all about individualized education plans, or IEPs. Juliana breaks down complex topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP in a way that's easy to grasp. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains about the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, and I was struck by the balance of empathy and practical advice. It's not just about understanding the system. It's about empowering parents and caregivers to advocate for their children, which is just so important. So I've known a number of people who've had to literally scramble to figure out how to advocate for their kids when the system seemed to just make it so hard to get the support that they need and deserve. So if you're a parent navigating this world or even just wondering if it's right for your family, I encourage you to give Understood Explains a listen. Search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. It's like having a roadmap for a journey you didn't expect, making it a little less daunting. Okay, so manifesting. It's this kind of age-old concept dating back centuries, maybe even longer. Threading through different cultures, a fascinating blend of psychology, metaphysics, and spirituality. And it's often defined as bringing something tangible into your life through attraction and belief. A process that transforms thoughts into reality. Now, manifesting, as much as it may sound this way, actually isn't a new age concept. It really has been around for quite some time. Its roots can be traced back centuries, in fact, across various cultures and philosophies. For instance, in Eastern traditions, the Buddhist concept of karma actually embodies the principle of cause and effect. Every action has a consequence. This links closely to the idea of manifesting where our thoughts, beliefs, and actions are believed to shape our reality. I remember a number of years ago actually studying Tibetan Buddhism and the idea of a thought actually almost taking form, not only affecting what takes form, but the thought itself taking form and then shaping what grows from it was a part of the conversation and the educational process. Moving to the West, ancient Greek philosophers like Plato and Aristotle, they discussed concepts like potentiality and actuality, the transformation of the possible into the real. This again, it's a bit of a precursor to the principles of manifestation, where we seek to actualize our desires and aspirations. And in the realm of spirituality, you find the concept mirrored in Christian prayer practices, where Faith and deep belief are thought to bring about divine intervention. And this, by the way, is across many different religious prayer practices. In certain indigenous traditions, the idea of calling in or singing up desired outcomes has been practiced for generations. And then moving even more recently and a little bit into the science side, into the realm of psychology, Carl Jung, the Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, touched upon a concept known as synchronicity. This is the occurrence of meaningful coincidences. 
that seem related but cannot be explained by conventional mechanisms of causality. It's one of those things where we see it happening around us all the time. But when we look to try and say, well, what was the cause and effect here? How can we trace it back to some root thing? We can't easily do it. And yet we see it with our own eyes. While not exactly manifesting in the way that a lot of people use the word right now, it does share these parallels with the concept in terms of recognizing and aligning with meaningful patterns in our lives. Now, modern day manifestation teachings, like those found, for example, in the movie and book that uh, became a huge commercial phenomenon, The Secret, they tend to draw from metaphysical teachings of the early 20th century, like those from the New Thought Movement. And they often propose that our thoughts have a certain magnetic quality, attracting what we think about which is often positioned as this thing called the law of attraction. It's based on the idea that like attracts like. And it posits that positive thoughts draw positive experiences, while negative thoughts bring about negative experiences. And it's a concept that has gathered a bit of a massive following and certainly a world of memes and videos and proponents all over the internet and social media, especially in more personal development, spiritually inclined self-help circles. But it's also an idea that warrants a bit of a closer look and also a more critical understanding. So first and foremost, while it's true that maintaining a positive mindset can in fact help shape our experiences and reactions to events. It's also really important to note that not all experiences can be controlled or influenced by our thoughts alone. Life is complicated. The world is complicated and multidimensional. There are things that we have control over and things that we don't. This goes back to the classic serenity prayer, right? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So many factors that just lie beyond our control, certain types of illnesses, uh, accidents, um, the actions of others, what literally is written into legal contracts uh, as acts of God, and so on. We have all just emerged from a number of years where we had a certain amount of control over how safe we could be, but also no matter how much we thought ourselves well, or we thought we want to be a hundred percent immune and safe, we weren't necessarily. There are just things that lie outside of our realm of control. And these are not the products of our thoughts. And it's unfair and often unhelpful to suggest that we've attracted them, which leads to a second issue. The law of attraction really lacks substantial, if any, scientific backing. So in my view, if you're going to call something not a theory, but rather a law, a law of physics, a law of mathematics, it needs to be backed by a meaningful level of objective, reviewed, vetted proof or science. In this case, that simply does not exist. So you've got an idea, you've got a theory, you've got a bunch of personal stories, but there's no 
objective body of evidence that tries to uh, have any kind of review or peer review process that tries to have any sort of double blind controlled process, which tries to remove bias from the experience. There's literally nothing objective on a scientific level that supports the idea. And in fact, the very opposite may well be true. In nature, for example, in the case of the very electromagnetic fields generated by the brain that we think of when we talk about thought, the ones that are said to attract like into your orbit, science actually tells us that likes actually not only don't attract, but they repel each other. Opposites, in fact, attract. So if they're science, it probably speaks to the exact opposite phenomenon. And that brings us to another issue here. And this is really about the idea of how we handle the fact that certain things just are outside of our control if we are working on the assumption that our thoughts manifest everything. And it's the idea of the potential for victim blaming. If we strictly adhere to this thing that people describe as the law of attraction, it can end up implying that those who experience misfortune have simply not thought positively enough. This is not only factually incorrect, but it's also, it's a deeply damaging, hurtful, and harmful perspective. Sure, there are many things that we have control over. And in fact, there are many things in our lives that we thought that we didn't have control over that in fact, we're starting to learn through science we do. Mental health and physical health, we're starting to realize are so much more connected. We know in fact, that certain things, certain illnesses, certain inflammation, certain risks manifest in our body as potential pain or illness, and they are connected to a state of mind, to high levels of sustained stress that then have a biochemical reaction in our body, both an electrical and chemical reaction in our body that create a state of agitation or inflammation that can lead to pain or illness. So we do know that certain things are more in our control than we once believed. But that doesn't change the fact that there is still a universe of things that simply are not. People do not attract tragedies or many types of hardships due to negative thinking. Real life problems require real life solutions and support, not just positive thoughts and not just the potential for shaming and blaming when things happen that we legitimately do not have control over. Fourth, the law of attraction can also promote unrealistic expectations and quick fixes. The idea that you can manifest your dreams just by thinking about them is not only misleading, but can also lead to significant disappointment and a sense of failure, especially when adopted unsuccessfully after a series of challenges or setbacks or other moments of hardship in your life where you may already be feeling like you're a bit burned out, overwhelmed, and fragile. And that can pile further victim blaming and shame and futility onto an already uncomfortable or fragile state. Goals and aspirations, they require actionable steps, hard work, perseverance, grit, and sometimes a bit of good luck. It's important to own that. The most accomplished people I have ever met 
actually readily admit that they are not fully in control of the outcomes they seem to have so powerfully brought to bear. They acknowledge the fact that work and effort and visioning is a part of it. And they also readily acknowledge the fact that luck and timing and fortune is a part as well. And in fact, the more accomplished the people I've had this conversation with, the more likely they are to acknowledge the fact that fortune plays a role in outcomes. And last idea here on the notion of this thing called the law of attraction which is that it can inadvertently promote a form of avoidance or denial, also sometimes known as spiritual bypassing. And this happens when individuals use spirituality or positive thinking to avoid dealing with painful feelings, with unresolved wounds, with real personal and interpersonal and social issues and fundamental emotional and psychological needs. Instead of addressing problems directly, well, they're just kind of brushed under the carpet in the name of positivity or some sort of undefined spiritual resolution, which isn't necessarily healthy or productive in reality and in the long run. Now, does this mean that the law of attraction doesn't have any value at all? Well, Not entirely, and that's actually not what I'm saying. The underlying emphasis on positivity, on aspiration, and self-belief can indeed be powerful tools for change. However, these tools, they've got to be grounded in reality, balanced with a genuine understanding of the complexities of life, and complemented with purposeful action. Manifestation, it's not a magic wand, but rather a process of alignment, of introspection, and tangible efforts toward achieving your desired outcome. The idea of transforming thoughts into reality, it's not about merely wishing for something and expecting it to materialize. It's a process that requires self-awareness, yes, belief, but also action and patience and planning and a whole bunch of other things. So let's consider an example. Imagine you aspire to become a successful writer, author, novelist. Well, in the realm of manifesting, this process would begin by clearly defining your goal, publishing a book, cultivating a belief in your ability to achieve this goal, and then visualizing the outcome, seeing your book on a store shelf, or better yet, on maybe a bestseller list, as if it's already happened. But that's just the beginning. You need to then take concrete steps towards this goal, honing your writing skills, drafting the novel, seeking feedback, revising, editing, finding a publisher, going through the agenting process, marketing it when you actually get that deal and bring it to work, going through so many rounds. I have done this many times over now as an author, and I can tell you, simply wanting to have another book, having it out in the world and having it do well is not just a matter of envisioning it all as having happened before and being clear about what that looks like. Throughout the process, there will be challenges and setbacks requiring resilience and adaptability. And you've got to be all in on being present in that, not just wishing your way through it. So manifestation, it's not about bypassing these challenges, but about maintaining focus and belief and commitment to your goal in the face of adversity. 
It's about aligning your actions and mindset with your goal and persevering. And that's when the so-called magic of manifesting happens. It's not some kind of cosmic ATM. Manifesting is about aligning your thoughts, actions, and emotions toward your desires. It's not simply wishful thinking. It involves diligent effort. So when we talk about manifesting, it's a rich tapestry of principles and practices, a concept deeply rooted in human history and a process that integrates our thoughts, emotions, actions, and beliefs. And you might be wondering, beyond the law of attraction, what does actual peer-reviewed published science say about this thing called manifesting, which by the way, is known by many other names in the halls of academia? Well, one way to understand it is by looking at a classic phenomenon that we know as the placebo effect, which is this amazing demonstration of how our beliefs influence our outcomes, in fact, even potentially influence our physiology, not through some almost magical like-attract-like phenomenon, but through practical, proven science. So picture this, you're in a medical study given a sugar pill instead of a medication, but you're told it is a groundbreaking drug, or at least that you have a 50-50 chance of it being that groundbreaking drug. Miraculously, your health improves. Why? Because you believed it would. This is a real world phenomenon, and it has been studied extensively, proving the power of belief. It can literally affect our physiological state. Again, not through magic, but through measurable mechanisms. Positive thinking and self-efficacy, or the belief in one's capacity to succeed, also have substantial scientific backing. So Dr. Martin Seligman, who's also often known as the father of positive psychology, has conducted research on what he called learned optimism and found that a positive outlook could lead to improved health and success. And there has been a lot of literally decades of additional work in the field of positive psychology now that has all sorts of different takes that support the link between positive mindset. And we're not talking about deliriously positive mindset or delusionally positive mindset, but things like being calm, being peaceful, being grateful, being kind, being hopeful, um, being optimistic. These can in fact lead to really improved outcomes from uh, everything from health to uh, manifest outcomes in relationships and work. And Albert Bandura's work on self-efficacy also supports this, demonstrating how our belief in our abilities can influence our performance. And goal-setting theory offered by Dr. Edwin Locke and Dr. Gary Latham are sort of two real leaders in the field of research around actually achieving big things that you want to make happen, also does align closely with certain concepts in manifesting without having to rely on metaphysics. The research showed that setting specific challenging goals leads to higher performance. And this process bears resemblance in certain ways to manifesting, where you select clear intentions and work toward achieving them. So let's detail that a little bit more because I think it's really important to understand what we're talking about with their methodology, which is about the closest, most studied overlay of this thing called manifesting. So 
let's drop into the science behind what are often called or shorthanded as SMART goals and why they are often so effective for achieving desired outcomes. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Good Life Project is sponsored by NetSuite. So I remember when our businesses were just starting to really scale. It was amazing and also added complexity and stress. And the things that I used to do in hours were taking days, too many spreadsheets, too many systems, no single source of truth. That sounds familiar. You should know these numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. 37,000 businesses have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And 1. Because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth, manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash goodlife. That's netsuite.com slash goodlife to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash goodlife. Good Life Project is sponsored by Lexus GX. So have you ever owned something that inspired you to just up your game? For me, it was this high-end mountain bike. I love the ultralight frame, the suspension, the precision gearing, and I realized it deserved to be ridden to its full potential. So I started training harder so I could experience the joy it could give back to me. And it paid off. That bike helped me discover just new levels of performance and straight up joy. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Imagine tackling rugged landscapes with the available 33-inch all-terrain tires and multi-terrain select, then unwinding with the available front row massaging seats. This is a vehicle that inspires you to go further to live up to its full potential. So why settle? Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Now, SMART is actually an acronym that stands for S is for specific, M is for measurable, A is for achievable, R is for relevant, and T is for time-bound. And these principles, they can be applied in a variety of contexts to enhance our ability to achieve the things we want to achieve in the world. So first, let's look at the idea of specificity. The more specific you are about what you want to achieve, the easier it is to then plan actionable steps toward that goal. 
Being specific, it activates a part of our brain known as the reticular activating system, or RAS for shorthand, which then helps us focus our attention on the information relevant to our goal. And the RAS, it acts as a sort of a a filter for the massive amounts of information we process daily, helping us direct our resources effectively. And what's interesting is this process can be a conscious process of really filtering and focusing and directing, but it's also to a certain extent unconscious. When we get very specific with the outcome that we want, there is a certain less than conscious script that also starts running in our brain that starts not just quote, a, you know, being like attracting like, but what it's actually doing is it is figuring out what is the process? What are the action steps that need to be taken for me to move from where I am to the desired outcome? So after S, right, that specific, we have the M for measurability. And measurability is another really important aspect. When goals are measurable, it's easier to track progress and adjust strategies as needed. And this ties into self-efficacy theory proposed by Albert Bandura. So according to Bandura, tracking our success actually enhances our belief in our ability to achieve future goals, creating this positive feedback loop that can lead to even more success, right? So when we actually have a way to measure and objectively note our progress, It serves as evidence. It serves as proof that we are moving forward towards it. So our brain has this thing called the negativity bias, which tends to default to the negative, to what isn't possible, to what we haven't accomplished. And having measurable things, measurable progress that is tracked in an objective way, it serves as evidence, as proof to counter that negativity bias and demonstrate to us that this thing actually just may be possible. And the closer we get, the more proof that we accumulate, the more progress we make, the more the brain starts to believe it's possible and the more invested it becomes and the harder we work to make it happen. So measurability and tracking is really important. And that brings us to the A, the achievable aspect of SMART goals, which is also really important. And that is this idea that goals that are so overly ambitious that they literally are wild moonshots that are almost entirely impossible to achieve. They can seem daunting and out of reach. And what that does is it has a fascinating effect on our psychology. It actually decreases the motivation needed for action taking. Setting achievable goals, on the other hand, even if they're moonshot goals, but on some level, there's something in you that says this, the percentage is low, maybe really low, but there's something in my mind that does truly believe that it is possible of being accomplished, achieved. Setting achievable goals, even if they're moonshot achievable goals, helps maintain motivation. And achieving these goals can then build confidence and momentum towards larger aspirations. So it's almost like you can step ladder the goals into bigger and bigger goals. And the proof that you've done the one or the step that comes before it serves as motivation to then start to believe that you can achieve things that maybe before that you thought weren't achievable. It's this tumbling cascade of knocking off achievable goals that let you set the next goal as something that is more aggressive or more desired or harder to achieve, but your brain now believes that it's achievable 
because you've seen what you're capable of. And that brings us to the R for relevance. Relevance is really important. So a goal or a desired outcome, that thing you want to manifest, the thing you want to make real in your, your world, your life, it needs to also align with your values and larger life objectives, with who you are and what matters to you. When a desired outcome, when a dream is personally meaningful and relevant, you're actually much more likely to be intrinsically motivated to do the work necessary to achieve it. And it's that intrinsic motivation, according to self-determination theory developed by Desi and Ryan, it's a powerful driver for goal achievement, for dream outcomes, for making those big things happen, as it's driven by internal satisfaction rather than external rewards. And we know through a lot of research now that the old school idea of external rewards, the classic carrot and stick, they just don't work. Or at least they just don't work past anything really modest or minor or that is long-term and sustained. We need to be driven by something intrinsic, by a deeper sense of purpose and meaning. And that is where relevance, it has to be personally relevant to you, to your values, to the way you see the world, to what you hold important for you to be intrinsically motivated to make it happen. And last, that brings us to the T in SMART, which is time-bound. And time-bound is about giving you a clear deadline for this thing to happen. It creates a sense of urgency that can spur action. We know that Parkinson's law states that work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. And by setting a time limit, what you're effectively doing is you're preventing the tasks, the processes, the action steps, the things you need to do to make it happen from dragging out indefinitely and maintaining a focus on actually efficiency. And I think we have all lived and experienced that Parkinson's law thing many times over. If I'm working on a book, for example, and I've often told this to my agent or to the editor that I've been working with, because once we sell a book, one of the first questions that comes up is, how long do you need to do this? How long till you can get me a manuscript so we can get it into production? And it's funny because I'll often think in my mind, well, to be honest with you, I could write this in six months or I could write it in two years. And the window that we allow for it, I will basically take as long or as short to do it as the window that we have designated for its completion. And this happens in almost everything that we do in life. So that idea of creating things that are time bound, it creates a certain tension to drive towards completion that actually makes big things happen. Now, beyond the SMART framework on the science of goal achievement or dream outcomes or making big things happen, there are other research-backed strategies um, worth mentioning. So one concept is something that is often called implementation intentions, a term coined by psychologist Peter Golwitzer. And this involves creating a, a sort of a specific plan for when, where, and how you'll work toward your goal which can significantly increase the chances of success. And then there's another concept in the literature that's often known as mental contrasting, developed by psychologist Gabriel Utengen. And this strategy, it involves visualizing your goal, your desired outcome, 
just like often happens in manifesting. And then, and this is where it differs wildly from the more metaphysical instructions in manifesting, contrasting it, intentionally contrasting it with the potential obstacles that may come up and end up standing in your way. The process, it not only maintains the motivational benefits of positive visualization, but it also prepares you to face potential challenges, making your goal pursuit more realistic and effective. And all of these principles and strategies, they underscore kind of one big fundamental truth. And that is that effective goal setting and achievement or manifesting if you prefer that language, it's not about just wishful thinking or even imagining the thing as done or sheer luck. It's about intentional planning. It's about thoughtful execution, realistic expectations, and above all, a deep understanding of yourself. It's about aligning your goals with your abilities, with your interests and values, and taking consistent action toward their achievement. And that, my friends, is where the true power of manifestation lies. So just for fun, let's turn to some practical applications of a more science-based approach to manifesting, maybe in some different contexts. Imagine, let's say, for example, you're striving for a promotion at work. You want to manifest a promotion at work. How do you manifest that? Well, it starts with setting a clear intention. Let's say to become a team leader within the next year. You visualize what achieving this goal would look like and feel like, and then you develop a concrete action plan. And this can involve improving your leadership skills, networking with influential people, demonstrating your value to the organization. So many different things. There are a lot of wheels that need to be turned, things that you need to sort of put into motion. You affirm your abilities daily, fostering a positive mindset and consistently work toward that goal. And it's the not just visualizing and seeing it as actually having happened that makes it happen. It's then the planning. It is the action taking. It's the deep connection with your mindset and understanding why this matters, why it's meaningful and relevant to you, and the consistent daily action that actually makes it manifest in the world, hopefully within that one-year time frame that you're looking at. So what about maybe something in personal life? Manifesting could potentially help you achieve a healthier work-life blend or balance or cultivate self-love. Perhaps you aim to set aside 30 minutes a day for self-care activities. And you picture how this would look and create an action plan based on that. Waking up an hour earlier or 30 minutes earlier for yoga or meditation or reading before bed, doing all these different things. I mean, the checklist of possible things that you could do to actually improve the balance and cultivate a better sense of self-appreciation, self-gratitude, and self-love is endless. And our job is not just to visualize ourselves having a fantastic blend between work and life and just absolutely embracing who we are and accepting ourselves for who we are, but actually visualize ourselves doing the work. And that requires us not just seeing the end and trusting that these steps will magically appear along the way, but investing effort in understanding what those steps are 
and then doing the work to move through each one of them, to make them happen. So each day you remind yourself of the importance of these things and take the steps towards the goal. Socially, maybe you have a an outcome that you want. Maybe it's about improving relationships or growing your circle. Visualize yourself in enriching social interactions. Like you're doing it. You're having fantastic conversations. You have a deep connection with a partner or a group of friends or colleagues, right? You see yourself there. Maybe you're aiming to deepen the connections with friends. Your action plan then, because we need to move it there, might involve regular check-ins, planning get-togethers and opening up more time and experiences, investing in understanding how to develop friendships, a process of vulnerability and progressive revelation to get you to go closer and deeper with people. And you affirm your ability to build these deeper, stronger relationships and make the necessary efforts, not just by seeing yourself as having that been accomplished, but by taking the steps that will make that real. What about leisure? Are you manifesting more times for hobbies or recreational activities? Picture yourself immersed in these activities. Then don't just hope and wish that it will magically appear. Plan accordingly, maybe setting aside Sunday afternoons for painting or trekking or hiking or cycling or playing in a local league with friends. Affirm your commitment to spending time on what brings you joy and act upon it. Maybe health is an area where you really want to manifest different outcomes in your life. You might want to lead with a healthier lifestyle. Visualize your healthier self. Yes. Then maybe your goal is to reduce stress or become more fit. Your action plan could involve daily exercise, a balanced diet, regular meditation, all the different things. You find the resources, the places that will make it easier for you, and then you remove obstacles to doing it. And you affirm that your capacity to improve your health and follow your plan diligently is possible. You may have financial goals for these things. You may have any sort of other relationship type of goals. There are so many different potential domains that these ideas could really take root in in your life. And the idea is to move beyond sort of the more classical metaphysical approach and actually accept the fact that there is a well-developed science of setting desired outcomes and then creating action plans and steps to make them happen. So let's tie it all together now. How do you manifest effectively aligning with proven science and strategies? Well, you could start by setting clear, smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. And that helps focus your intentions and gives you a roadmap to follow. And then visualization can be a powerful tool when used correctly. Research shows that athletes, for example, who visualize the performance beforehand tend to do better. I was a gymnast as a kid. I was a competitive gymnast for about the first 18 years of my life. And I trained year round. And there was only a certain amount of training that my body could take because it is a sport that is really hard on your body. But I knew something, and this was years before a lot of the research on visualization, working with mirror neurons in your brain to effectively help your brain train to do the exact same thing physically that you would be doing. It was before a lot of this research was out there, but something in me actually said, if I visualize 
myself doing my routines perfectly, then I have a better shot of when I go up and my hands touch those parallel bars actually doing it. But it wasn't just that. It was also me visualizing the training process. So research shows us that athletes who visualize a performance beforehand tend to do better. But remember, it's not just about visualizing or imagining the end goal as if it has been achieved already, but also visualizing and picturing the steps that you will take to get there and then seeing you taking those steps. And this is where things can also go a little bit off the rails with the modern day version of manifesting the less science-based approach. Because a cornerstone of many manifesting ideologies is the instruction to visualize what you want as if it's already happened. And this practice is often lauded as a key step in the process of manifestation. And it's based on the belief that visualizing your goals as already achieved helps attract these desired outcomes into your life. And in fact, visualizing obstacles would attract obstacles into your life according to this theory. Well, let's start with why this technique is so commonly recommended. The principle behind it is that by visualizing your goals as already being achieved, you're aligning your thoughts and feelings with the experiences of success. And this in turn is supposed to help you attract this success into your reality. And this practice can have some benefits. Firstly, it can help foster a positive, success-oriented mindset. By visualizing your goal as achieved, you're affirming to yourself that your goal is possible, which can boost self-confidence and motivation. And vivid visualization can also potentially stimulate the same neural networks that actually task performance would, as research has shown us in the field of sports psychology, and as I just sort of showed in the way that I used to do this. This mental rehearsal has been shown to enhance performance in athletes, supporting the idea that visualizing success can have practical benefits, but it's really important to note some caveats about just relying on visualizing yourself at the dream outcome. It can have negative effects too. So one issue arises when visualizing becomes a form of escapism, taking the place of necessary action. It turns out the very act of visualization, actually visualizing yourself at the dream outcome, visualizing that outcome having already happened, it can feel so rewarding to us that it tricks the brain into thinking that you have already achieved your goal and actually reduces the motivation to do the work necessary to make it happen. And this has been demonstrated in research, suggested again, by um, NYU's Gabrielle Udengin, who I mentioned earlier. In addition to that, just visualizing the outcome without considering the steps required to get there can lead to unrealistic expectations and increase the likelihood of potential disappointment. Visualization should be balanced with a clear understanding of the necessary efforts and potential obstacles. And that brings us to the notion of not visualizing obstacles, which is often a big part of manifesting ideology. Only think about the dream outcome as if it's already appeared. Do not think about anything but that, especially do not think about obstacles, barriers, adversity along the way, because if like attracts like, 
then you will attract that into the process and you will not achieve what you want to achieve. In fact, the science shows the exact opposite. Pre-thinking about what potential obstacles might arise, literally visualizing them, imagining them, and then pre-planning how you will respond if and when they do arise actually meaningfully increases the likelihood of you hitting that big outcome that you really want to achieve, not diminishes it. So the exact opposite is true, and we have science to support that. And finally, there's this risk of what psychologists sometimes call illusory correlation when we talk about visualization, where we start to attribute any success that we achieve to our visualization practice, dismissing the role of effort, opportunity, and sometimes just pure luck. So is visualizing that dream outcome, that goal, that thing that you want to manifest as already achieved necessary for manifestation? Well, the answer is kind of nuanced. Visualization can be a powerful tool when used correctly, but it's not a magical solution. And it definitely shouldn't replace concrete action and realistic planning. And it also should focus as much on visualizing the process and the action steps that it will take to get there and thinking about the potential obstacles and things that might drop into your path and pre-planning the action steps that you will take if and when that does happen, which will make you more likely to then take those steps and work through them so that you can achieve your goal. So if you find visualization helpful, by all means, continue the practice. But remember to stay grounded in reality. Acknowledge the role of effort. Visualize not just the outcome, trusting the steps will magically appear, but do the work to understand. And then visualize yourself actually doing the things needed to get to your desired outcome. And be prepared to face challenges along the way. Plan for them so you're not easily derailed if and when they happen. Research tells us that acknowledging these challenges doesn't attract them into your orbit and make you less likely to get what you want. It gives you the ability to pre-plan your workarounds and make you even more likely to succeed. Good Life Project is sponsored by Lexus GX. So have you ever owned something that inspired you to just up your game? For me, it was this high-end mountain bike. I love the ultralight frame, the suspension, the precision gearing, and I realized it deserved to be ridden to its full potential. So I started training harder so I could experience the joy it could give back to me. And it paid off. That bike helped me discover just new levels of performance and straight-up joy. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Imagine tackling rugged landscapes with the available 33-inch all-terrain tires and multi-terrain select, then unwinding with the available front-row massaging seats. This is a vehicle that inspires you to go further to live up to its full potential. So why settle? Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And that moves us into the action side of things. Taking action is a critical step. Dreams turn into reality, not by magic, but by hard work over time. Break your goal into small, manageable steps and start working towards them. It's this consistent effort that brings you closer to your goal each day. Yes, positive affirmations grounded in reality can help foster a positive mindset. But be mindful. Affirmations should be believable and relevant. Instead of saying, I'm a millionaire, say, I make smart financial decisions. It can also be helpful to bring mind-stilling, resilience-building practices into the pursuit of something big that you really want to happen as well. Things like mindfulness and meditation can play a vital role in manifesting. They help you stay grounded, reduce stress, and maintain your focus on the outcome. They help enable you to kind of tune into your thoughts and feelings, fostering greater self-awareness and understanding along the way. And research has shown that mindfulness can reduce anxiety and depression, improve attention, and even enhance performance. So these are all things that we want to cultivate. And speaking of cultivating, cultivating a growth mindset is another skill of mind that can be a great adjunct to the pursuit of manifesting something big. It's about viewing challenges as opportunities, seeing effort as a path to competence and achievement and learning from feedback rather than just assuming that we're, we've either got talent or we don't, we are either capable of something big or we're not, and then shutting down if it doesn't come easily. Dr. Carol Dweck's research shows that people with growth mindsets tend to achieve more because they worry less about appearing smart and put more energy into learning. So embrace the stumbles, embrace the adversity, embrace the failures and grow from them knowing that they are simply a part of the process. They're stepping stones toward your success. So at this point, you may be thinking, well, that's all well and good, Jonathan, but what are the actual next steps? So let's dive into it in a more granular way and take a moment to really reflect on what is it that you actually want to manifest in your life as you're listening to this. You know, what do you actually want to make real in your life? What have you been dreaming about or thinking about? If this could happen, that would be amazing. Set your intention, create a visualization that resonates with you, and then start devising your action plan. And each day, 
we make time to focus on the goal, to affirm abilities and the steps that you're taking towards the goal, stay mindful of progress. And if you find yourself straying from the path, gently guide yourself back. Remember, it's really not about perfection. It's about progression. Practice, patience, and celebrate small wins along the way. Your journey towards manifestation, it's just that, a journey. It's not about instant gratification, but gradual growth. Every little victory, every little step forward is bringing you closer to your goal. So let's sort of leave this by distilling it all into a seven-step, more science-backed process for manifestation. We'll bring it all together now, wrap it up in a bow based on our understanding of the science behind manifestation and goal attainment. Here are some specific steps and recommendations for a science-backed sound approach to manifesting. First, clearly define what the outcome is that you want to make happen. Make it specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Remember, the more precise your goal or your outcome, the dream that you want to make happen, the easier it will be to devise a plan of action. So second, Engage in a process of self-reflection. Understand your why, your motivations, your strengths and potential challenges. This is a critically important step in aligning your goal with your personal values and abilities, making it relevant and resonant so that if and when stumbles or adversity or hardship or delays come, you will understand why it still matters that much to you and you will stay in the process and continue to take action. Third, visualize that outcome. But don't just visualize the outcome as if it's done and stop there. Visualize the process too. And then imagine the steps that you need to take, the actions required and the challenges you might face. Visualization can be a powerful motivational tool, but it should be balanced with a healthy dose of realism. So visualize, yes, but as we've talked about, not just the outcome, but the process as well. This is called process simulation, and research tells us that those who actually visualize process, not just outcomes, are more likely to get what they want, not less, even if that process includes potential obstacles. Fourth step, create an action plan. Based on the concept of implementation intentions, take the time, do the research, have the conversations to as much as you can devise a detailed plan of when, where, and how you will work toward your goal. Anticipate potential obstacles and come up with the strategies to overcome them in advance so that you are not bowled over by them if and when they happen. You already know how you're going to move through them. Fifth, track your progress. Measuring that progress can enhance self-efficacy, motivation, and keep you fiercely accountable to the thing that you want to make real. And celebrate, celebrate those small victories along the way. Each step forward, no matter how small, is a step closer to that dream outcome. And the only way that you know that you're taking steps forward is if you measure and track. Sixth, foster a growth mindset. Understand that Setbacks are just a part of the journey and an opportunity for growth. Everybody is going to stumble along the way. Everybody will hit obstacles. Everybody will face adversity. That doesn't mean that you've just hit the end of your capability. What that means 
is it's time to learn, to grow, to rethink, to create workarounds. This is an opportunity to actually reimagine and learn and not only achieve the outcome, but also grow as a human being along the way, which we are all capable of. And seventh, engage in consistent mind-supporting practices. Mindfulness is a great one. It is a centerpiece in my life and also a core element in the scaffolding that lets me devote myself to big, important dream outcomes. Mindfulness can help you stay focused on your goal. It can help reduce anxiety along the way, foster self-awareness so you're being more truthful, more honest about where you are, where you're not, what's really happening around you, and how you might respond in a constructive supportive, progress-oriented way rather than get shut down or react to a delusional, less self-aware, false assessment of what's happening both within and outside of you, all of which can really aid in this process of manifestation and cultivate the patience and maintain a positive attitude. Remember, manifesting, it's not about instant gratification. It is a process of self-growth and gradual change. So this, this is your journey. And each person's process will look a little bit different. As you step into this place of more modern day science-backed approach to manifestation and achieving or attaining or making real big things, be kind to yourself. Trust in your abilities and remember that the very act of striving toward your goals, striving toward something you deeply want to make real in the world, the growth that you experience along the way, That's where the real magic of this thing called manifestation lies. So as we wrap up this deep dive into manifesting, I hope you now see it not as some hard to understand or hard to believe mystical force, but as really an amalgamation of practical tools drawing upon peer-reviewed science that you can use to shape your life. It's not just about bringing what you want into your life through wish but about becoming the person who is ready to receive it and then doing the work to make it happen. It requires self-growth, resilience, patience, and action. It's about aligning your actions with your desires and in doing so, creating aspects of your life that truly reflect who you are, how you want to be, and how you want to feel. So go out there, set your goals, visualize success, take the steps, start manifesting the life you really want. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey into the truth, the science, the ideas, the history, the myths, and the facts around this thing we call manifesting. And if you have found value in this episode, please be sure to follow Good Life Project Podcast so you do not miss any of the upcoming summer series episodes, some solo ones where we dive deep into topics like this, and then some conversational ones, but again, in a very, very topic-focused and actionable way. Thanks so much.